morning, City Church. Barry Saunders here with a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. In the early years of figuring out how I would earn a living, I studied to be a literature and writing professor, which means I developed some pretty solid skills in the mechanics of writing and in the construction of various literary forms, including poetry. As I was considering which passage to focus on from today's lectionary selections, my initial reaction to reading Psalm 68 was, this poem's a mess. The imagery and tone of voice lack unity. The structure is barely discernible. What's the poet even trying to express? Had I been grading this as a student assignment, the feedback would have gone something like this. You've thrown a whole lot at us in this piece of writing. Some of your images are powerful and majestic. Some are intimate and engaging. Some are frightening. But how they all fit together is tough to discern. Let's consider this version an exercise in dumping your thoughts and emotion and get some time outside of class to talk through what's needed to get this from do-over status to a solid first draft. But we're talking about the scriptures here. So parking that kind of critique and taking a deeper look at what could be going on in the psalm felt like a better way to get to some understanding. At first read, the psalm takes the form of a highly exalted song of worship. It catalogs God's praiseworthy acts as a conquering and triumphant warrior king who through force and might has demonstrated his power and glory and earned the tribute of fallen rulers. It asserts his power and authority to judge between righteousness and evil. It exuberantly commands us to sing him loud praises. It describes a God so great and so glorious that knowing him, being close to him, feels frightening and unattainable, a relationship he probably isn't interested in. But, and it's a really big but, three different times in the midst of recounting grandeur, conquest, and triumph, David hits the pause button. The psalm calls this an interlude. He halts the glorious procession and turns the praise volume down to almost a whisper. And in these quieter verses, David shares the purpose of God's glory and power, the end towards which it's aimed. David tells us who God is. This happens first in verses 5 and 6. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. He's the father to the fatherless, the defender of widows. This is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Notice how these verses take God's power and glory from riding high up in the clouds right down into our hearts and take us into his intimate care. David returns to majestic imagery of God's power but pauses again in verse 19. Praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day he carries us in his arms. Each day this magnificent God that David is describing in scenes beyond our imaginations Each day, he carries us in his arms. The psalm returns one more time to God's epic judgment and thundering might, but then it concludes by bringing together what I thought was a lack of unity upon first read. In verses 34 and 35, David threads the needle. Sing to the one who rides across the ancient heavens, his mighty voice thundering from the sky. Tell everyone about God's power His majesty shines down on Israel. His strength is mighty in the heavens. God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. 
The scriptures teach us that God's sanctuary is where the awesome one who rides across the ancient heavens dwells with his people here on earth. All that power shining down on us, creating a way for Almighty God to be with his people, to indwell us here in the places and circumstances where we live. And who are these people who God wants to make his home with, to carry in his arms, to give his power and strength? The fatherless and the vulnerable, those without a home and a family, those who need to be set free and experience joy. Paul, writing to his friends in Ephesus, captures this connection between God's glory and his desire to dwell with us in a beautiful prayer. In chapter 3, he writes... For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, so that the full power and strength of God dwells in the hearts of the fatherless and the lonely as he carries us in his strong arms. Give Psalm 68 a read with that in mind today, City Church, and see what else you find. Until next time, stay well and do good.